The clock is at zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. I am Ben Bagley, and the Cougars win tonight 31 24 over Liberty. Chime in on Twitter your post game thoughts. Tweet me at Ben Bags. We'll read some of those coming up in just a minute. All right, an anxious anxious moments coming down the stretch for BYU fans, players, and coaches as Liberty made this game a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected. I know coming into the game, BYU was a 17-point favorite. Well, they got, well, seven. Seven. With the game by seven, and that's important. 31-24. Let's look at this from a big-picture perspective. I know that there's a lot of fans out there looking at, look at reactions on Twitters and stuff. It's like, oh, what happened to BYU? Well, let's look at what happened. Liberty came in prepared and ready to go. Hugh Freeze is a good coach. He's coached many programs that are, are really good. He's Ole Miss, he's been in the SEC, he's seen, he's seen this. He's an offensive wizard, uh, and he had this Liberty team's offensive game plan ready to go against BYU. The defense struggled a little bit tonight. I think one of the biggest things that, uh, that stands out about the defensive performance tonight is the fact that against Utah State just a week ago, this defense wrecked havoc amongst Utah State and the Aggies and that win in Logan. And tonight, there wasn't a lot of havoc wrecked by the defense. But what the defense did do tonight for BYU is they made some big plays, specifically some big plays when they were needed coming down the stretch on the big third and le- uh, or the big fourth down right at the end. Isaiah Kafusi's the guy on Antonio Gandy-Golden. That, by the way, should make BYU fans a little bit worried, but Isaiah coming up with a big pass breakup, turning the ball over and securing the win for the BYU Cougars. So the plays were there to be made. They just didn't get the turnovers. They didn't get as many tackle for losses. There wasn't the havoc plays for BYU defensively. But the bottom line is, is you faced a Liberty team with a quarterback who's been a starter for, I think, his third straight year. He's been a starter at Liberty. He's got the experience. He faced a receiver in AGG who will be playing on Sundays and is really, really good, folks. I mean, you look at his stat line tonight, and it is the truth. Ten receptions, 162 yards, a touchdown, 16.2 yards per catch. He was targeted 18 times. Uh, Buckshot Calvert threw the ball 45 times. 18 of those was targeted at Antonio Gandy Golden. So, and this guy, this guy's legit. And they, they, the Liberty Flames did a good job of game planning this game offensively and made it a lot closer. Now, the bottom line is, is these games happen, and when they happen, you get walk away with the win, and you plan, and you go live, live to play another day. And that's what BYU did in that locker room. I, you you got to imagine Klein Satakis. Telling his team, nice job, guys. We got, we did enough to get it done. But now the awesome part about this is now Kalani's got all of next week to say, okay, we got the win. I hope you're happy with it. But look at all these things we could improve on. And I think that's the important part for BYU. I mentioned anxious moments, and it all started late in the third quarter as we get forward and go uh, as we look forward from the end of the third quarter. Uh, 420 left in the third BYU, it just kind of seemed came out of the locker room with a little, little pulse, little kind of energy. Then they go for it on fourth and two. Romney to Hefo for 41 yards and a touchdown. It seemed like all of a sudden that sideline sparked for BYU. They go up 24 to 10, and all of a sudden the life on the sideline in the stadium. But then Liberty punches right back a 41-yard bomb from Calvert to Gandy or Golden Gandy for a touchdown. Liberty tries and fells on an onside kick. Baylor Romney then throws a pick on the reverse flea flicker. So the, all of a sudden this fourth quarter just set up as like a heavyweight fight where there's two teams in the middle of the ring just kind of th- exchanging punches. 
Uh, Liberty had the momentum at that point, but then BYU's defense held. And then a the offense, 68 yards on a nine-play drive, taking up about four minutes of the clock, capped by a 17-yard touchdown pass to number 17, Marone Lalu Pututau, giving BYU a 31-17 lead, and the Cougars breathe a sigh of relief. Kairos Tonga blows up a third down play on the next drive. A big third and 11 for the BYU offense, and you felt like it was going to be good. And then the fake field goal, and then all of a sudden the, mo- the moment comes. Fourth and 21, Isaiah Kafusi with the big pass breakup, and BYU walks away with the win, 31-24. You get the win, that's the great thing. That's what you come into every game looking for. You also get an opportunity next week to look at the mistakes and the deficiencies that your team have and work on those as you get ready for Idaho State next week. We'll look at your tweets coming up here in just a second. We'll also go downstairs to the post-game press conferences and give you a scoreboard update. But fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com. This coming Monday and Tuesday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah locations. Coming up, we'll get you down to the post-game press conference room where Kalani Saki and the players will address the media. Cougar post-game live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back to the Mo Better Broadcast booth. BYU wins a game that was much closer than be expected. 31-24 of the Liberty Flames. But in fact, you talk about it being much closer than be expected. Fessy Sataki, uh, wide receivers coach for the BYU Cougars, tweets out already, wins can be pretty and wins can be a bit ugly, but a win is a win and we'll take it. Three exclamation points. Much respect to a very good Liberty team. I love this team. Hashtag go Cougs. So Fessy Sataki weighing in, echoing a lot like what I said in the first segment is, hey, a win's a win. Now you get a chance to improve with this team over the next week as you get ready for Idaho State. A couple other tweets coming in. Uh, at Cougar Chaps tweets in, proud of the defense for getting the W. Liberty has some great playmakers. Go Cougs. Absolutely correct. And we talked about that. We'll talk more about that, the playmakers for Liberty. Let's time to check the college football scoreboard looking at the top 25 action today of course the headline by the game of the century two versus three in tuscaloosa and alabama falls to number two ranked lsu at 46 41 and what what a game that maybe joe burrow absolutely cemented as heisman campaign he went 31 of 39 actually started the game 13 for 13 393 yards three touchdowns a qbr of 91.90 interceptions on that joe burrow really throwing it throwing his hat basically just solidifying his heisman campaign in that victory other games that went on today number one ohio state beats down maryland 73 14 a battle of top 20 teams in the Big Ten. Minnesota upsets Penn State, handing the Nittany Lions their first loss of the season, 31-26. That game exciting, coming down right to the end of the game. Uh, also in the uh, an SEC matchup, number six, Georgia beats Missouri 27-0, shutting out the Tigers. Uh, number 10, Florida, 56-0 winner over Vanderbilt. 12th ranked Baylor holds on in three overtimes to beat TCU 29 to 3 at the end of regulation that game was tied up at 9 apiece just filled goals till the end of regulation three overtimes Baylor gets the victory remains undefeated 29 23 top 10 or top 20 battle in the Big 10 
as 13th-ranked Wisconsin holds on at home, 24-22 over 18th-ranked Iowa. Notre Dame, 15th-ranked in the country. They have beat Duke 38-7. Kansas State goes into this game in Austin, Texas, against the Longhorns. Ranked 16th, they fall to the Longhorns. Texas moves to 6-3 on the season with a 27-24 victory. Number 19th, Wake Wake Forest also falls to Virginia Tech, 36-17. And Cincinnati, 20th in the country, beats down UConn, 48-3. And 25th-ranked SMU's 59-51 victory over East Carolina games in action right now. Number 5-ranked Clemson up 49-10 over NC State. That's in the fourth quarter with two minutes left to go. Also in the fourth quarter with 14 minutes to go, number 9th-ranked Oklahoma, they're up 42-28 over Iowa State and 22nd-ranked Boise State's up 7-0 in the second quarter, early in the second quarter over Wyoming. Looking at a couple of college football scores of interest. Up next for BYU is Idaho State, and Idaho State gets beaten down by Eastern Washington 48-5 at home. The Bengals travel to Lavelle Edwards Stadium next week. You'll hear that game right here on the BYU Radio Sports Network. In two weeks, BYU hosts UMass in their final game, in the final home game of the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Today, the Minutemen were on the wrong end of a 63-7 beatdown at the hands of the the Black Knights of the Hudson Army. Uh, 63-7 beats UMass today. A couple of scores around campus for BYU. BYU falls at home in hoops earlier this afternoon to San Diego State, 76-71. Jake Toulson leads the Cougars with 18 points, but the Aztec three-point shooting did the Cougars in as the Aztecs shot 45% from three in the game. Next up for the Cougar Hoopsters, a home game on Wednesday against Southern Utah. BYU women's volleyball team swept San Francisco 3-0 in three sets. This afternoon in the Bay Area, Maddie Robinson led the, led the Cougars with 13 kills in the match. And tonight over at Southfield, going on right now at the half, BYU's up 5-1 over LMU in soccer. The soccer team looking to end the season undefeated and clinching a WCC championship and also the automatic bid uh, to, to the NCAA tournament. You can hear Jason Shepard on the call of that game on 107.9 FM locally and on the ESPN 960 app. But more postgame coming up. Uh, we'll go live to the press conference room for hear from Kalani Stocky and other players. We'll have more Cougar Post Game Live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Ben Bagley for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar Post Game Live. I am Ben Bagley. BYU gets the victory over Liberty tonight in a game closer than many expected, but BYU still gets the win, and that's the important thing. BYU wins 31-24. We'll get down to hear from Kalani Sataki and others in the postgame press conference here in just a second. We'll kind of go over some stats. You look, you talk about a close game, and you look at the box score, close indeed is total yards. BYU gets the 471 yards to 431 for Liberty. So BYU gets the edge there, but it was close. Speaking of close passing yards, BYU 306 to Liberty's 303, just a three-yard difference there. Rush yards, BYU gets a 165 to 128 advantage. So BYU holding the edge in yards gained from uh, every every direction, pass yards and rush yards and in total yards. So BYU gets the win. Look at a couple of outstanding performances tonight. I think Micah Simon might be your standout player offensively for BYU. 
Micah, and I'm going to start with kind of a weird stat here for Micah. One for one passing for 44 yards and a touchdown, a passer rating of 799.6. That's kind of impressive. But Micah also gets a touchdown receiving. Uh, Micah on the night, one reception for uh, – no, one rush for two yards, but also receiving, led the Cougars in receiving seven receptions for 91 yards and a TD. So Micah Simon getting it done through the air with his arm and on the ground for the Cougars tonight. Fortunately, didn't complete the trifecta. We were all kind of hoping that he gets that rushing touchdown as well, gets the one passing, receiving, and rushing. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but Micah had a big night for BYU. Matt Bushman, after being shut out at Utah State last week, back in the action tonight, four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. He got, uh, he's getting 21 and a half yards at an attempt, targeted nine times for BYU. You could tell the, uh, in the offensive game plan that BYU was really trying to get him involved early and often with nine targets tonight for Matt Bushman. Uh, offensively, also Baylor Romney in, in the start get, going 23 of 33 for 262 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Not a bad night for Baylor Romney on the defensive end for BYU. Max Tooley led the Cougars with tackles with nine. Uh, Austin Lee and Isaiah Kafusi both had five tackles apiece coming up from the hat. No sacks for BYU, to, or one sack, excuse me, tonight by Keenan Peely uh, and four tackles for loss for BYU, but no turnovers. And that might be the big stat as you look uh, coming from Utah State where the Cougars wreaked havoc, had five turnovers, really defensively really broke up the Aggies a week ago against this Liberty team who really took care of the ball Really smart with their game plan. No turnovers for the BYU defense tonight. I think that's one thing that the coaches will look at going forward uh, this next week as BYU looks ahead as they prepare for Idaho State next week, looking to get some turnovers out of the BYU defense. We'll get down to the uh, post-game press conferences here in, here in just a moment as we get back with Greg and Riley. Uh, gave you some stats, give you some other stuff. Look at uh, Twitter, at Ben Baggs. You can tweet your thoughts about the game, uh, at Ben Baggs. This coming uh, from Jonathan Wainwright on Twitter. Yay, the Cougars won. I knew they would be able to keep the lead. There you go, Jonathan. Way to keep that positivity, positivity as BYU gets the victory tonight. Let's go downstairs to the press conference. It looks like Austin Lee is about to address the media. Passing tech. Attack is effective as it was able to be for a lot of the game. Uh, I, yeah, I think they've been effective pretty much throughout the year. And uh, they have a great quarterback. they got a great uh, receiving crew. And I think they've had really good chemistry. You know, they knew when, to, when there's going to be some back shoulder uh, fades or some, you know, when he needed a convert, a go to a comeback. And so they were just really good uh, being on the right page. And, a uh, very talented quarterback with good good decision making, and so uh, uh, credit to them because they played a great uh, they played a great game and they're a great team. As a leader of the defense, what was the message to the team after the fake field goal didn't work and you guys were taking the field with the game on the line? Yeah, we just got to be um, excited every chance that we have to to you know go on the field. You know, offense and defense, special teams, it all works together. And if you're gonna beat a team, they, it, all phases need to come together. And so. Uh, we got to go on the field and be excited to be able to back up the special teams or the offense from that type of you know play and that type of fourth down stop. So uh, we were excited to get back on the field, but we got to continue to sharpen things up. What was the feeling then when the, that fourth down pass fell incomplete and the game was over? 
the, the very last play. Last play. It, it, it was exciting. Uh, it was fourth and long, and Isaiah did a very good job getting that much depth to be able to, you know, get that ball out on that converted comeback for the, you know, that, that big receiver coming back at the sticks. And so he did a great job understanding where those sticks were and to be able to sink that deep and get it out. Oscar, that celebration seemed kind of muted, maybe not as exuberant as usual after you guys won. Why was that? Um, I, I don't know. I was pretty excited. Uh, I guess I wasn't like paying attention to everyone else. And uh, but I, I mean, a win's a win. Uh, we'll take them how we can get. They're, Liberty was a great team, like I said, and um, you know, they're. I think they're almost bowl eligible, and so. Uh, playing a team like them, it's always it's always a good to get a win, and you know there's things that we can correct for sure. But uh, they're a great team. What was it like taking you know kneeling with them for I guess was looked like a prayer or something you know there after the game with, with the Liberty team? It, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, just you know even throughout the game, I felt like they had great sportsmanship, and so. Uh, you know, it threw me off from surprise. You, you know, you usually don't do that. And so I thought it was very cool, and it shows a lot about their character, their team, and uh, their standards. And so, you know, they, they had great sportsmanship throughout the game. And so uh, after the game, too, as well, just being able to do that, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. They're also a Austin Lee and Kairos Tonga addressing the media downstairs in the postgame like? press conference. Playing them kind of reaffirm the independent route for you or, or – in a weird way, this late in the season, do you kind of wish there was something more to play for, like a conference championship? No, I think there's always something to play for. Um, you know, just being able to get these wins and become bowl eligible, there's always something to play for. And uh, football's fun. And playing a team like Liberty, the faith-based team, and it shows just um, that there is more to football, you know, just the type of guys that they were and how they were able to hold themselves to high standards and still compete and have fun. And so... Um, it shows that there's just more more to life than football, and there's always something to play for, and football's fun to be out there. Would you prefer, prefer to play a team like Liberty than play a, a conference bowl that may not have as so much in common coming from maybe a public school? Uh, no, like, I mean, it's, the schedule's what it is, and so I'm, I'm, it's just it's exciting to play. You know, Liberty, they're, they're a good team, no doubt about it, and credit to them just for, you know, succeeding and fighting t- to the finish, and so um, no, I, we'll, we'll take them how they come. Talk to us about that third down play. Were you able to like, rush the O line and stop the running back for a loss of five there on that third down? Yeah, um, they've been uh, they've been running out the middle uh, a lot, and uh, we we've been doing good on uh, picking up the double teams, and uh, they called their 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 little their little speed play, and uh, they just kept doing the same thing. So I took the chance and shot it, and uh, I I was just I got lucky, made the play. So. It was good. Pretty excited after that one. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. How is that when you've been double teamed a lot of the game, three-man rush again, you know, you're just getting pounded, and to make a play in a moment like that, that's got to be pretty rewarding after everything else, after all of the, you know, just pounding you've been dealing with. Yeah, it's uh, it's the name of the game, uh, especially with the running a three-man front. Uh, that's just training ugly right there. We uh, we love the challenge. Uh, we trust our backers. We trust our uh just our team and behind us to to make plays if if they throw. So uh, it's a challenge for the D line to uh, to get penetration and uh, we love it. So. Kyrus, what was your view on that last play, the fourth and long? And I think it was Isaiah gets that pass deflection on the best receiver like that. Just what did you see and kind of how did you feel as it was unraveling? It's a uh, what did I see? I so <laughs> damn. You probably saw a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a uh, I remember just seeing the quarterback just uh start drifting away 
and and right when he threw the ball, I just looked back and uh, there's just our, our guys were right there. So as soon as I seen the ball like drop outside of bounds, out of bounds, I just ran to the sidelines, just happy man. I was, I was just glad to get off the field with the the team. It was just a super fun uh, win. Austin talked about it, but going on the field in that circumstance after you know the fake the field goal didn't work, you know fake field goal didn't work, and it was on your you guys to to close out the game. What what was your message to the team? What'd you say just as far as you know being ready to you know to be in that moment? Yeah, we live for moments like this, uh, especially as a defense. Uh, we we practice it a lot in uh, during practice, and uh, just sudden change. We just gotta be aware of that and. Uh, just take advantage of it. It's a, it's a challenge that, that we love. If it's on their uh, their side of the, the field or if it's a red zone, a fumble, something, uh, we just got to – it's part of the game, man. We just You got to learn to love it and uh, cherish the moments because football's so short, man. Life's so short, so football's not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just super fun being able to, to go out and, and be in moments like that. So. The D-line, uh, we told the linebackers, the, the linebackers have been doing so good, and we were we were kind of slow in the, in the first half as a D-line to be able to stop the run. Uh, so we took it uh, upon us as a D-line to, to be as stout as we can, to, to get penetration, and it, and it worked. So, um, yeah, it was just Coach, Coach Kalani, Coach Deyaki, uh, did a great job just just preparing us and make sure that we uh, we play BYU football. Kyrus, a week ago you guys were singing Wagon Wheel and really partying it up. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that so this time. Was that win? Was the win tonight as satisfying as the one last week? Uh, man, we it, it was a uh, it was it was ugly, man. But we we'll take the win as as best we can. We uh, there's a. A lot of uh, mistakes that we made, especially as a defense, um, that we we wish we can take back. But that's that's just part of the game. We gotta look past them, learn from them. We'll go back to the drawing board, watch film, and uh, learn from our mistakes. But uh, it's just like uh, Austin said, it's it's hard to win games in college football. We'll take it as as, as it comes. So. That being said, you guys are. One win away from bowl eligibility again. I don't for you, Austin, senior year, going out with a bowl game. Is that important? I mean, how, how important is that? I guess how big is that just to be able to go out with another bowl game? It's really big. It's big for the program. It's big for us. You know, it's an extra game that we get to play. And, you know, you like like we said, you, uh, fo- you can't take football for granted because uh, someday it's going to come to an end. And so an opportunity to play an extra game, opportunity to uh, bond with the whole team, um, as big as it is with the program as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. And it, it gives us something to play for and to, you know, just be able to compete out there. From that tough stretch to now a three-game win streak for you guys, either one of you can answer this. What do you think has changed, if anything? Um, what's the, been the biggest growth from then to now? Um, yeah, I think the biggest growth has just been able to um, – to realize, obviously, that we were losing some games, and so it didn't feel good, and so mm-hmm. it just it, it put a sense of urgency, and I think the the sense of urgency carried over and how we prepare from, you know, Monday to Saturday. Uh, you win the game on Monday, and we had to prepare the best way that we could on Monday, whether that was watching more film, getting more treatment, um, whatever individual needs were, uh, unit needs were, we we addressed those, and as a defense, we were. 
uh, trying to fly around with the ball as fast as possible. Uh, practices became a little bit more physical, wrapping up, making sure that we didn't miss tackles because that's been an issue. Um, high pointing the ball, playing the ball, uh, creating more turnovers and havoc. And so uh, there was a more sense of urgency after coming off those losses, and uh, it started on Monday. Okay, thanks, guys. There you go. That was Austin Lee and Kyrus Tong at the post-game press conference. We'll get we'll get you back there with more in just a moment, but that's going to wrap things up for me on Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score, 31-24. BYU gets the victory over the Liberty Flames. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next with Gregor Bell and Riley Nelson. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Post Game Live. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 31, Liberty 24. Our final score right back down to the Cougar locker room area. Tight end Matt Bushman, quarterback Baylor Romney talking to the media. Fine. But does there ever get a time when there's maybe too many of them? Um, I just think that there, we need to do it. The, the timing of it needs to be definitely – there's a time and place for trick plays. And, I mean, if we're backed up and we're going to take a crazy shot, that's not the smartest thing. So our coaches know um, when the right time is and – I mean, maybe we were a little too eager on that little double reverse pass. I mean, we've done it the past two games, and I think the coaches were just thinking, why the, why the heck not try again? And <coughs> they were calling it out from the start. So, yeah, like sometimes those trick, if we're consistently doing it, um, might need to take it easy, but uh, they're fun when they work, and they definitely bring that momentum. So you just need to find the right timing, and our coaches, for the most part, I mean, They've done a pretty good job this season um, throwing in those those trick plays. Yeah, talk about what it was like being out there today. I mean, this game maybe a little uglier in some ways, but just still able to get, come out ahead. Yeah, I mean, all credit to Liberty. They're a good team. We knew they were going to be you know fired up and ready to compete this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was a close game all the way. Maybe a lot of people didn't expect it, but we were up for whatever. And, you know, just putting together drives and trying to put as many points up on, on the board as we could was really our objective the whole game. And, you know, it came down to the last drive. But, you know, we, we knew we were going to have to fight for this win, and it feels good to come out on top. Baylor, Mike is a senior. Uh, he's kind of been up and down with injuries. What's it like as a young quarterback to have him fully involved? And what, what does that do for the offense just to have him involved like he is? Um, yeah, he's one of the leaders of the team, and especially on the offense. It's good to have him around. You know, uh, he's a vocal leader, and you know, really, it's just good to have those kind of guys on your offense when you know you could be struggling early on in the season, like we did in a couple games, and those type of guys really turn it around. Yeah, it was fourth and two, I believe, from the forty-one <clears throat> seven-point game. You know, you guys don't get it there. Liberty gets you know the momentum with lots of game time left. Mm-hmm. You get the ball to a level. Talk about that play and just what that meant to, to have him make that play that he did. Uh, yeah, so it was before the timeout. It was just kind of a rush play call, and I just kind of let the play clock die so we could call a timeout and get something uh, that we wanted to run. And the coaches dialed up the perfect play call, 
And, you know, Oleva with his speed, he's able to score on that play, which is pretty cool to do on a fourth and two. How big was that? Just that moment to be able to get that separation right there? I think it was definitely, like, the momentum we needed for the game to end. Um, I, I, you know, fourth and two, that can really crush some spirits for the defense. A big play on fourth and two. So I really think that was the turning point of the game. Um, it starts in practice. That's all I gotta say. We've been working so hard um, ever since that USF loss, and we've really come together as a team, uh, defense, offense, special teams. It's made us closer, and we've all worked harder for each other, um, day in and day out. For for both players, you know, we're in November, and, and you look around the country. Everybody's playing. And, conference rival for a conference championship. You're playing a team that you've never played before. Um, do you miss being in a conference, or, or do you welcome the chance being independent and playing a, another faith-based school like this in an in independent game? Uh, this is really my first season playing, so it doesn't feel any different. Um, I think that at school we get to play whatever teams want to schedule us, and we get to play on some pretty big stages. Um, so I, I like it. I, I enjoy the competition. Yeah, I think there's perks to like being in a conference and like fighting for a conference championship and things like that. But I mean, we have we there's pros and cons, and as independents, we get chances to play teams from all over, not necessarily just in a conference. We get to play top teams from from all over the country. So there's pros and cons, but yeah, we we like we like being independent and. Yeah, so our main goal is a bowl game, so that's what that's what we're shooting for. Yeah, talk about the you know watching on the sideline, you know, weren't able to get the first down, so it's on the defense to make that final, you know, stop. What what what's that moment like on the sideline as you're watching them, you know, trying to seal the game? Uh, just a lot of belief. We were we were confident in our guys, and um, I mean they've been in situations like that this season in overtime, and so yeah, we were just there's a lot of confidence, a lot of belief, but it was definitely a an intense moment for for everyone. So we were all just yelling as loud as we could, trying to be the the twelfth man, and it worked in our favor. So felt good. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll come back here from Kalani Sitake at the podium as the Cougar locker room show continues here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU fans, title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Provo Land Title brings you the Cougar Locker Room Show, which now sends us down to the Cougar Locker Room with head coach Kalani Sitake and wide receiver Micah Simon at the podium. You have to give a lot of credit to Liberty. I think Coach Freeze had their team ready to roll, you know, and, um, man, they, 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 they were able to, come, you know, answer back with something and, and um, you know, we – I can't really say that we we made a lot of mistakes because they're the ones that kind of forced it. You know, and obviously the turnovers cost us, but uh, we'd like to win the turnover battle. You know, but uh, they were able to take care of the football. The quarterback was—I mean, he's—I th- I think this is like his fortieth thir- game starting, and so I mean, we've had like what six quarterbacks play since in that same amount of time, and and this guy is uh, you know looking at at what Buckshot's done. He he, he spreads the ball out really well, gets the ball out quick, and. Um, 
defensively, whenever you're trying to bring pressure, he, he just just takes care of by throwing the ball out. He was able to find hot routes faster than a lot of quarterbacks I've seen. So I think you have to give him a lot of credit in the game plan that they had and um, you know the opportunities that they had to throw the ball around the field quite a bit. And um, I, I thought they had some really good talent at, at, at a tight end and, and receiver. So um, yeah, we knew that they're an effective offense and that their defense could make plays as well. And uh, we knew it was going to be a battle. We knew we were going to get their best. And they were preparing for this game. They were ready for this game. And I was just really proud our, our guys were ready for this game too and get the win. So to answer your question in a long way, yeah, I think these guys are getting better and they're learning. And um, you know, we're seeing a lot of guys step up and make plays. And, and uh, uh, just really thankful that we get the win. And, and we just made more plays than they did. You know, So I'm just really thankful that guys like Mike have done a great job leading the way and, and establishing a culture that we can keep building on and keep learning from, from these games. Went into the decision to have the um, scrum play on that second and nine Because I wanted to. <laughs> Just wanted to see what it You know, thought that we, we had something there, and I thought, I thought maybe it would be close to popping, but obviously I was wrong. So they, they were ready for it, and, and uh, you know, it, it was probably not the right call. We, we had some things to go, but I, I felt like we could have got it. What about the, the fake field goal? Yeah, I thought that was there too. So... It wasn't. They did a good job. I mean, I, I had to look at it again, but it looked like we were a little slow on the snap or the snap was low and um, the timing was a little off. But we've practiced that for a long time. We've been practicing it and we've been waiting for that moment to, to call it. And it seemed like a long field goal and, and kind of a, a bad position to to um, to really punt, you know. And so we, either choices were either kick a field goal or, or do the fake that we thought was there and, and – uh, yeah, just uh, I thought they made the play, you know, and I thought uh, we didn't execute it well enough. But I think the timing was a little off. I had to look out on film. I didn't didn't see it cleanly, but it seemed like the the throw was a little late and might have bobbled it or it might have been a bad snap. But yeah, I like I like the aggressive call. Max Tooley's a young player that seems to really be emerging. Led you guys in tackles. Can you maybe just comment on his play and work? I love the way Max. He makes plays, you know, and I'm yelling at him. Either I'm happy or I'm. Or I'm Angry, but he's a big playmaker, and just like a lot of the guys on this team. And I, and uh, um, you know, I expect him to make a lot of plays, and sometimes he makes mistakes, and and you know, I'll let him know about it. But uh, the guy's tough. He's a great player. I thought when, in the recruiting, we were able to to um, you know hold him here and then keep him here. I think he's a big time guy that, that that makes a lot of plays. But I feel that way about a, a lot of the guys on on this team, especially the youngsters. You know, so um, I think there's a lot more opportunities for them to make more plays, but. If you look at it, we, you know, we didn't weren't able to force any turnovers, and that's a little frustrating. But I think I keep going back to Liberty. I, th- I thought, I mean, I was really impressed with with the way um, Buckshot took care of the football and the way he spread the ball around, and uh, he was really accurate and made some plays. Three touchdown passes for Baylor tonight, most by any quarterback, BYU quarterback this season. What else can you say that hasn't already been said about Baylor and kind of what he's meant to this team, filling in as a third string walk on? Yeah, he's poised and he's ready, and the preparation he put in this week is the same as we've seen from him. He's always been ready to go, and uh, I, I love the way those guys work together. I, li- I like the whole group, you know, so I feel really confident with all those guys being able to get on the field. And he said Micah's campaigning to throw some footballs too because you threw a touchdown, right? Threw for a touchdown? So Micah wants to remind you that he threw for one too. So he's you're two for two and one touchdown, right? Caught one. And caught a touchdown. I'm gonna look at your stats sheet here. I gotta brag about him because Mike is too humble to talk about himself. So here, here you go. <laughs> yeah, he's just letting me talk. You notice he's not he's not buttoning in here. He's not interrupting me. Coach, I asked the players this. Um, 
you played your whole or played and coached most of your career in, in leagues, and you get into November and you're playing for a league championship. Um, is, is it a different vibe when you're independent and, and you get in November? I mean, do you miss do you miss that, or or does a night like this against another faith-based school kind of validate the independence thing? I don't know. Do you have a conference for us to go to? Right. I mean, this is what it is. We we, we love our, our our opportunity to play at home, and play the game of football, and um, you know, play great teams and the, the teams that are that are give us a, a challenge. And, and uh, I think it's a good it's a good uh, it's it's kind of it's what it is. It's what we have, you know. And so uh, I love that we have guys that just are ready to compete no matter what and don't have to worry about that stuff. So this is uh, more of an administration question, but I'm telling you, our guys are ready to play regardless of who the opponent is and. And uh, I, I got to do a better job of making sure that, they, that I get the best out of our guys and get the most out of them. And so that's that's what I'm trying to focus on. But yeah, these guys they're 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 competitors. They're, they'll be ready. It doesn't matter who they face. I mean, the Chicago Bears could show up next week and they'll play their their butts off. So I'm proud of them. Would you prefer to be in the conference? Just you and the coach. This is really not a question that really matters right now. I. I, I if you can get me a, a big time conference, then, then you can formulate one. It seems like you have something planned, so let's go, right? So, yeah, I mean I, that's, you know, we, we're just we just love re- representing BYU. We love being able to play this game, and I just want to say that like Liberty had a great that we had a great time playing the game with sportsmanship and class. I, I thought they did a great job doing that, you know, and it was nice to share the field and and, and uh, have a word of prayer in, in the middle of the field with them. I thought that was something really special, and having two teams that are based on. And two schools based on on on, uh, on the religious, you know, on, on Christian values and everything, and I thought it was really cool, good competition, and I think they have a really good coach and a really good uh, staff and their fan base as well. So, looking forward to seeing what Liberty can do, and and really oper- uh, just uh, honored that we can uh, share the field with them. So, was that, that, went, was that you, were, you you trick plays have helped you a lot this season? But do you think there might come a time where they you just go to the well too often on them? No. I like trick plays. So, was that, was that what do you mean? Like you, you don't do the fake field goal, and what else did you not like? Oh, the double reverse the reverse. It's all right. It's okay. You guys want us to be aggressive, and now you're, you're Jay. You're killing me. <laughs> Talking out both sides of your mouth here now, right? So then it's like, where's next week? Where's all the trick plays? How come there's no trick plays? Come on, man. This guy threw for a touchdown. It's a great job. All right. I know you're doing your job. I get it. I get it. But yeah. I, Hey, there's, we, we have a lot of things that we can do, and I'm looking forward to executing at a high level, and that means trick plays and regular plays and all that stuff. So everyone should be ready for everything when they defend us. Cool. I was just going to ask about that prayer. Was that mm-hmm. planned before the game, or was that something that you did with the coaches? or what? No, it was, it was such a cool moment at the, at the middle of the field when we were shaking hands. I, I mean, our players were really impressed with them, and, and – and, uh, this is a different, it's a unique game. And, and I thought, uh, you know, I almost would say the Liberty fans should be really proud of their players and the way that they, they, they competed. And, and, and uh, I thought it was really cool for us to have that, that moment. It was uh, just a, a lot of class and sportsmanship. And, and it was a competition. And, and in a violent game like BYU, I was really, uh, like, like BYU and Liberty played tonight, I thought it was uh, such a great example of how, what's great about the game, too, you know. And, uh, that's a credit to the players and, and, and what they've done and, and the hard work. And at that moment when you're shaking hands, it was just a, such a cool thing. And we felt like I think Liberty is getting ready to take a knee. And we felt like it was it would be good for us to, to share in that moment. They invited us to, to have a word of prayer with them. And I thought it was a really, really cool moment. Coach talked about staying focused. Right, thanks a couple of games coming up here where you 
can't, you can't leave. I waited for you. <laughs> All right. Not a lot of players can talk to me like that, but Michael, he gets right, it. He's, <laughs> my bad. What were you saying? You got, you got I'll, I'll support Michael. Sorry. You've got a couple of games coming up here. UMass and Idaho State, where you guys should be pretty heavily favored. As a team leader, how do you, you know, help keep this team focused and motivated in the coming weeks? Um... You know, you only have so many opportunities to play in a in a, in a season and and in a career. So, I mean, that, that's really all it takes. You know, once you once you have that type of mindset um, individually, and then you spread it, you know, in your maybe in your position groups, your to your side of the ball, and then collectively as a team, that's all it takes. And that's something we've been talking about. You know, recently is just that. You know, at least with a lot of the seniors, you know, we before today it was like we only had two more games left in this stadium, and that's just something that kind of really hits home and and really uh, really just makes it makes it so much so uh, makes it special. And and uh, you know, now we only have one more here, and and it's that's that's really all it takes to go out there and just play as hard as you can because you never know when uh, when when your time is done. As a senior, how important is it to you to finish off the season strong? You know, get to a bowl game. Get these next few wins. Yeah, it means everything. I mean, winning, winning is everything to me. Um, I don't care how it gets done. Um, you know, I, I could have a night like I did tonight, or I mean, I've, I've had games, you know, Boise State or other games where we've won, and you know, I've maybe had a catch or two, but it's it's, it's really not about that. It's just doing your job and doing what's expected of you, and then uh, yeah, at the end of the game, it's you know, you're are uh, being being up on the scoreboard. That's that's all it is. You got drilled pretty hard on that trip. Oh, I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> What's that like putting yourself out there? You know, your experience being a quarterback before, so you know, you know a little bit. So, what was that like? Yeah, it's it was actually pretty fun. It brought back memories of of high school, and I uh, I guess I've had two completions this year with a little bit of pressure. I think I not, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's fun, and I I love the aggressiveness from our coaches. And uh, every week they've they've put in some some different wrinkles for us to go out there and execute and work tonight. And glad he scored. Your season, your season Q quarterback ratings five hundred over five hundred. Really? So are you gonna push? You know, Ooh. push those. those <gasps> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Jared. <laughs> I might Try be the starting quarterback humble, next week. <laughs> Try I might take the first snap next week. <laughs> you guys are doing this on purpose because I'm up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let the guys know about it, especially Zach. <laughs> Have you had to campaign for those throws, or is that just something the coaches like, hey, we ought to try this? Or, yeah. uh, I mean, not not so much. We, we've held tryouts before, and – um, I've won the tryouts, <laughs> and uh, you know a few a few times after practice on on Thursdays or Fridays, the receivers we coach Fessy has us do a little competition. You know, a couple throws, maybe trying to hit the crossbar on a field goal and things like that. And I've won those, so I think it was just a unanimous decision to to have me throw the throw the pass. But we have a lot of guys in our on our in our room that can actually throw, so maybe they'll get their turn. All right, that's head coach Kalani Sitake and wide receiver Micah Simon. We'll take a break, maybe even hit a little, hear a little more from Micah on the headset as we continue on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Locker Room Show continues. BYU to 5-4 and four on the year on a third straight win. This one, 31-24 over a very game Liberty squad out of Lynchburg, Virginia. We're joined now. You heard him on the podium. Now we're talking to him on the headset. He's wide receiver Micah Simon. There were some up here pulling for the hat trick. Uh, Micah had the touchdown pass. He had a touchdown catch. Some wanted a fly sweep kind of touchdown run for you there, Mike. It didn't happen tonight. You're okay without the hat trick, aren't you? Yeah, I'm fine. We, we won the game, so that's, <laughs> that's all that matters. It had been a while since you scored a touchdown, and now you got scores in back-to-back weeks. Feels good to get back in there, doesn't it? Yeah, feels good to help the team any way I can, um, you know, either scoring touchdowns or, you know, making tough catches or, you know, blocking down the field for, for other guys. And uh, it's, it's all about winning, winning mentality. Okay, what do you call the uh, what do you call the play that you threw to Matt, and how would you describe the play? Um, I don't know if I should say the name. It's okay, fine. don't say the name. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> just, just just describe the setup and and, and yeah. how it looked to you as you were running it. It's actually um, the same play we ran against uh, Wisconsin last year, where Eleva threw it to Moroni for the touchdown, and uh, we thought it was time to bring it back out, and uh, just a lot of you know pre-snap motions going on to try to get him confused and. Uh, and a fake fly sweep to to Eleva, and then I got a great block from uh, from Mason, and uh, yeah, Matt Matt was able to creep behind the defense and uh, get in the end zone. Micah, should it have been roughing the passer again on your set? It was it happened. It got called on your first pass attempt. Should it have been on your second of the season? Uh, no, I think it, I think that was a legal hit. It just it just hurt pretty pretty good. What you got? Just a, a bone bruise. I see it's it's wrapped up. You got an abrasion and some bruise there. In other words, you're gonna be all right. It's not a sprain or a broken bone or anything like no, that. No sir. Or do you got to get checked yeah. out beyond that? No, yeah, no sir. No, no break or anything. So I'm I'm good to go. Okay, what's been the uh, the common thread weaving through three straight wins for you guys? Would you say? I think just being aggressive. Um, you know, offensively and um, you know, consistency. I feel like you know those two things have have helped us a lot. You know, we've we've been able to push the ball down the field and uh, sustain drives and get into the end zone, and all that comes with the consistency of of just trusting yourself and trusting the guys next to you and uh, and doing your job. And that's that's all it's that's what it's about on offense. You know, eleven guys doing what they're supposed to do. How would you say Liberty played you today? They played us really really well. They they had a great scheme coming in, a great game plan, um, and then whenever we did start to kind of um, you know, move the ball on them. They they made some adjustments and some great adjustments um, that made it tough on us, and then we had to make some adjustments as well. And you know, they have a great coaching staff over there, great some great players, and uh, you know, they they really um, played hard today and 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 uh, played as well. Micah, the Liberty came in here. The fans were kind of quiet. A lot of people aren't familiar with them or program, but they're, as you just stated, and as we just watched, they are a good football team and a bunch of good football players, and they started off this game marching down the field, scoring a touchdown. Your 47-yard catch in the first quarter that actually set up, two plays later, set up your two-yard touchdown catch was, I believe that was on a third down, and that's essentially what set up that answering score to tie this thing back up at 7-7 seven to seven and kind of calm any nerves that might have been felt in the stadium. What allowed you to get so open? You were open at one point by five or seven yards, a little bit underthrown then the dude collisions you and you still come up with the catch walk us through that play a little bit yeah it's a, a play that we've uh you know kind of had a you know in our back pockets for for all season and uh, was it a double move or was, did you nah, just no straight double beat move. him off the line yeah just just a straight deep post um it's really just a, a two-man route um a deep post and an over an over route by by bushman and um we knew coming in that they were going to play us pretty low with, uh, you know, pretty low with quarters safeties, 
and uh, yeah, I was able to just get behind the guy, and uh, Baylor threw a good ball. Now you're most you're most focused on the Liberty defense, and when Liberty's offense is on the field, you're working on your next series. But did you know anything about? Antonio Gandy-Golden coming into tonight's game, the fact that he had 1,000 yards, was one of only two guys with 1,000. Did you get a chance to at, at all uh, objectively observe his kind of play tonight and, and what he was doing for his team? Oh, yeah. I, kn- I knew about him. Um, like, like you said, I knew he was one of two two receivers um, this season that already had 1,000 yards, which is you know re- remarkable already to have 1,000 yards um, in a season. But to do it with you know three, four games left was, was, was really, was really uh, awesome. And uh, and yeah, I was able to to watch him out there, and you know he's really he's really a mismatch, you know, being being six four six five, but <laughs> being able to to run well, you know, I'm sure he'll run a you know four five four six most likely, um, and uh, yeah, he had strong hands, great ball skills, and was able to really provide a lot of offense for his team, and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to just seeing him continue yeah. to grow as a player. Pretty impressive. Well, you guys, uh, Mike, are kind of riding out the quarterback shuffle right now, kind of week to week. You deal with whatever hand you're dealt, and things keep on rolling. What would you say is the is is the the key to keeping things consistent with things changing around behind center? Um, yeah, I, I think that's really credit to our coaches for 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 putting together a game plan that suits whoever's starting best and tailoring it to our strengths as an offense as skill players and uh that's that's really what it's all about you you know you as coaches um you can't just continue to do the same things maybe if if it doesn't suit whoever's out there on the field and they were able to tweak things that um was able to have us move the ball and, and score and and that's what it's all about we have a great coaching staff and I, I love all those guys and they've they've really put us in um great positions so far well, you've got an FCS team coming in next week, and you're going to get asked about you know the mindset with a team like that coming in. But I have to think, Micah, um, that that you're, you guys are all about making sure that whoever's on the field plays better that week than the week before, and that winning out is the only objective at this point. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, definitely take it one game at a time, and you know that's that's why we'll we'll enjoy this uh, win you know this weekend and Monday with film review, and then we're on to uh, on to Idaho State and. It's it's kind of something I said earlier, um, just that you know you only have so many opportunities to to come out here and and to play the game that you love, and you know especially for me as a senior, it's it's coming to an end here, and now I only have one more game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and uh, you know I'm gonna cherish that moment and and go out there and give it my all and play my best, and uh, you know just that's that's what it's all about is is that it's. You know, you never know when when your clock will be over as a, as a as a college player, and you just got to take it week by week. Who are you going to have coming up to join you for Senior Day next Saturday? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure, my family is coming. My parents and my my younger brother, and then I'll have uh, you know some some close friends that have uh, supported me throughout uh, throughout my career here at the game as well. Well, it won't be the end because there'll be some road games and a bowl game to come, but it'll be the end of a certain chapter of your uh, Cougar football career, and it's been a pleasure to, to help chronicle it and, and watch you throughout your career and, and, and talk to you the times we've talked to you. And, again, it's not over yet. We'll still enjoy you. But uh, for today and, and for your career, congratulations. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Greg. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. That's Micah Simon. We'll come back here from Hugh Freeze, head coach of the Liberty Flames, and then Kalani Zitake around the corner as well as we continue on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Well, it's back-to-back home wins for the first time in a long time, more than two years. It's three consecutive wins for the first time in a long time, more than two years. BYU 31, Liberty 24, tonight's final score. Before head coach Kalani Sitake joins Riley and me in the broadcast booth, let's hear from the head coach of the Liberty Flames, Hugh Freeze. It was intern Nate, Nate Slack, getting these post-game comments a short time ago. You know, for, I'm, so, I'm so proud of our kids. Um, I thought our players came um, into this, you know, game and just really left it all on the field for our university, our team, our coaches, our uh, administration, our vision from Dr. Falwell from four decades ago to one, one night play in an arena like this against a BYU at their place. Um, have great respect for Kalani and his staff and his kids. I thought they, they played the game the way it's supposed to be played. I thought both teams did sportsmanship and hard and physical. And um, it was uh, it was fun to, to, to be in this arena tonight in this environment. Are we disappointed that we couldn't get off the field some on third down and give give off our offense a little more of a chance to, to score some more in the second half? Yes. and. Uh, there was a couple possessions I wish I had over to, to call differently maybe, but um, just really proud of our kids. And, uh, man, they fought for 60 minutes and stood toe-to-toe with a very good football team just beating some uh, really nice teams. Coach, this BYU team is really known for, for forcing turnovers. You guys were able to hold on to the football and you forced some of your own? Yeah, we've uh, we've been fortunate, um, you know, since I guess the second game of the year, we've really taken care of the ball well. Uh, offensively, and it was good to see us uh, get a couple. Um, I thought, you know, after we capitalized on the first one on a long drive and a scoring drive, and then we got the pick, and, uh, uh, you know, wish wish I had that series. That's the one that sticks in my mind. I wish I had that series over to to maybe I uh, probably should have ran the ball some, um, you know, looking back. On the onside kick, was that something that you guys had seen in film and you thought you could take advantage of? Yeah, and he's usually really good at hitting a little slow roller, and that one he hit way too hard. But, uh, you know, at that point, we, you know, one score down just felt like, you know, we might steal a possession. And, uh, you know, they, they played back a decent amount on their kick return team, and we just hit it too hard. Anything as far as uh, superlatives as far as players, and we saw Antonio Gandy Golden tough there at the end, but just a huge game for him, and Buckshot yeah. made some big passes as well. They did. Man, those are two great competitors, and they've represented our university so well in our football program, and you know, he's hurting in there right now, and, and, and you know, it's, it's certainly uh, who knows what would have happened had, had we converted that first down, but man, he, we wouldn't even have had a chance without him, you know, and, uh, you know, I, it's nothing. I tried to hug him and, and pick him up, but he's just, you know, right now he's he's, he's he feels like he, he didn't complete the game like he wanted to. But, uh, man, I, I just – both of them competed extremely hard. Yeah, I know that there's so much emotion after a game like this, but there's still two big games to play and you need one to get bowl eligible. What's the message to the team moving forward? Oh, we'll just keep building. We're, there's there's uh, there's no quit in this team or this staff. You know, we've got to improve on third down defense. And, um, you know, in offensive, we've got to continue to take care of the ball. And I think we'll score some points. Um, you know, but we're, we're going to build on tonight. I, I thought it was one of our better games that we played, you know, and, and it's hard to say that in, 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 in a loss, but, you know, it's one of the better football teams we've played all year, and, and I really felt like we 
we, we hung in there and swung with them pretty, pretty good. Such any extra pressure, just all the talk this week about this being kind of the culmination of Dr. Falwell's mm-hmm. mission, but it seems like the, the kids certainly stepped up to the plate. Yeah, the only pressure that, that I felt is that we represent the vision, represent the All right, there it is. That is the head coach of the Liberty Flames, Hugh Freeze. His team falls to BYU tonight, 31-24. to We'll take a break. When we come back, we will expect Kalani Sitake to join us here in the broadcast booth for the Cougar postgame coaches show. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson with you. Mitchell Jurgen soon to join us. Kalani Sitake is coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. This is the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU defeating Liberty by a score of 31-24. Cougars now 22-1 in November home games since losing... Uh, their November home game, final game of the 2015 season to Utah. So since that loss to Utah in November of 2015, they've gone 22-1. The lone loss was to UMass here in uh, 2017. So BYU's home November run continues all but unabated. All right, time now for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes this year, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. And today the Cougars made one field goal for a running total now of 14 field goals this season, bringing the donation total to $7,000. Before Kalani Sitake joins us here in the broadcast booth, it's gone final over at Southfield. And if the uh, BYU Cougars were intent on making a statement, the number four ranked women's soccer team, a statement made 8-1 to one, the senior night final, BYU over LMU. They went up 2 nothing. LMU scored to make it 2-1. Six in a row from there. The Cougars finish off an undefeated campaign. As good as Jen Rockwood's been for as long as she's been here, quarter century, she'd never had an undefeated team in the regular season through a whole season till this year. 18-0-1 going into Selection Monday. Remarkable stuff. So congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood, all the Cougars, for uh, finishing off a near-perfect season, but truly an undefeated campaign at 18-0-1, and just as importantly, 8-0-1 in the West Coast Conference, meaning... It is another outright conference championship uh, for Jen Rockwood and BYU. So remarkable stuff. Uh, they finished it off over there at Southfield while BYU was doing other business over here at Lavelle Loader Stadium. So the Cougars uh, win it, and by uh, winning that outright conference championship, that's another league title for Jen Rockwood and the Cougs. So congrats to them, congrats to all. All right, uh, defensive numbers from tonight here for football. We didn't get a lot in. Uh, Max Tooley led BYU in tackles with nine Five of them were solo stops. He had a tackle for loss and a PBU. And and though there were no picks, Riley, for the linebacker core tonight, uh, linebacker's been a real strong suit for this team uh, this season. Yeah, they were required to do a little bit different. Uh, Liberty stayed on the edge, obviously targeting uh, Gandy Golden a bunch. So that tested more cornerbacks and, and wide receivers. And But with playing largely the three down front, this linebacking crew, what was required of them tonight was to fill and to keep contain. And we, we mentioned that Liberty did a, you know, they'd kind of get foot to foot and they'd kind of just push everybody down the field for three or four, and their backs were pretty good at picking spots here or there. But really it didn't 
Liberty did not really ever establish a run game of any kind of impact in this game, which was good. Kept them one-dimensional and then limit their best players best you can. It's almost like a Bill Belichick type mm-hmm. um, type game plan that they were able to execute. And the linebackers, there was a bunch of them out there playing, but Keenan Peely had the lone sack of the game, so that was big. And um, a big play made by him. And some of the other guys were flying around, making tackles, and not letting Liberty, as they were throwing the ball around the yard, get much after the catch. By the way, um, no interceptions today for BYU or the t- the linebackers or the team. BYU had an INT in every game this season, uh, but the Utah game coming into today, no INTs, no takeaways, actually. BYU ended up with zero uh, with zero turnovers gained, minus two on the night. So one of the rare games this year in which BYU does not have the turnover margin advantage. What BYU did have and has had for most of the season is the uh, the average starting field position advantage. BYU today was plus nine in average starting field position, and uh, they've got a nice long win streak going when they have that advantage. When they have the advantage in average starting field position, 15 consecutive wins now uh, for BYU. And it also helps when you score. BYU scored 30-plus today, and BYU's won 15 in a row there when you score 30 or more. So all those positive trends continue in this 31-24 win today for the Cougs. Now joining us in the broadcast booth, the head coach of the BYU Cougars, the victorious Kalani Sitake. Kalani, thanks for coming up. How hey are you, guys. my friend? How are you doing? We're doing good. Doing really nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got the win, you know, and um, I, I think you heard me in the in the uh, press conference. Just uh, I thought uh, Liberty did a great job, had a, had a great game plan, uh, and I thought our guys played really hard, and um, you know, I think uh, we had some moments where we could have really done some uh, better things and probably put this game uh, out of reach. But I think uh, Liberty were, were able to make make some plays and get some turnovers, which cost uh, you know cost us some momentum. And I'm just glad our guys rallied back and we were able to we were able to get the win. And just really proud of our players and how hard they played in this game. Even though Liberty scored on their first drive of the game, you answered right back with a score. That makes it three straight games, Kalani, where your first offensive possession has ended in a touchdown. Yeah, and and it'd be nice if we can get the stop on on defense. You know, I thought third downs they they were able to convert some third downs, and um, you know we we were a little slow on, on some of the things that that uh, on our reaction and, and uh, challenge, try to challenge a little bit more and try to pressure a little bit more too, and and. Uh, uh, I think Buckshot did an amazing job getting the ball out. He 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 looked like a big time veteran quarterback getting rid of the ball so quick. And uh, you know when you when we even ran a four man rush, the guy was getting rid of the ball. So uh, there are times that we would spy him and try to find ways to, to disrupt his timing. But uh, I think he had an answer for a lot of that. And and we did some disguises and we did some pressures and things like that. But uh, I think a lot of credit goes to to him and his preparation for this game. But uh, I'm glad our offense was able to score some points. We were get 31 points, and you know I, I would have been happier with my 17, but 24 is okay. And, and just glad we were able to get the win. I, th- I thought the the style that they're playing with with um, slowing the game down a little bit uh, uh, limited our opportunities on offense, and we really had to make them count. So I'm glad our guys were able to put some points up. But the turnovers were too costly. We have to take care of the football better. Coach, uh, five and four on the season, first time with a winning record. So that's that's great to accomplish. And, and quite honestly, we got uh, it's at halftime, but we got San Diego State up here on the monitor. Uh, you know, looking like on the way to eight and four regular season, which eight wins was a total that not many uh, was. You talk about preseason expectation, especially at two and four, when the bandwagon got very uh, light and people were very down on this football team. Do 
are, are you you're starting is vindication a word that comes up for for you and your staff and your players or it, the the more common word in today's generation I guess would be haters I don't love that term more playing with a chip on your shoulder but is there any element of having that chip on your shoulder and really wanting to prove to everybody that they underestimated these kids in this program no, I I understand um, what our our fans expect, and and I and I love that we have fans that care and and want us to do well. So, uh, you know, I, I talk to our players, but it's not our job to tell fans what to do. It's our job to make them happy. And so, if if we're winning, they're happy, and and, and I, I'm okay with them wanting us to win more. You know, so uh, my job, I want to make them happy. I want to I want to I want to achieve the goals that our fans uh, look look for us to achieve, and. And if they're disappointed, I, I don't mind them voicing it. You know what I mean? I, that's my job is to get this team ready. I think looking at some of the things that we've had to deal with and, and whether it's uh, all the factors that go into it and, and uh, looking at our, our quarterback situation, our O-line situation with health and, and all over all over the place, I'm just glad that our guys um, uh, were resilient and were able to make some plays and then were able to get some – we had a lot of guys grow up real quick, you know, and – I, but I totally understand. I, I'm not worried about what other people think and, and the haters and all that. I, I just know that if we do our job and we win more games, they'll all be happy. And I, I want I want nothing else in this world but to make our fans happy because I know if, if we make them happy, then, then it's something that we're doing correctly. And so I, I get it. Right? But for us and our players, the motivation is to be at our best every week and to play our best every week. And, and that's the key, our guys, to, to – uh, motivated to do that rather than uh, when I talked about chip on a shoulder earlier in in the year, it was more about like, hey, we have something to prove to ourselves, not not to anyone else, but uh, what we can do. And we we haven't been playing our best, you know. And, and whether that means uh, guys need to prepare more, or we need to play different guys, all, all that stuff co- goes into it. And and that's my job as a head coach. So it starts with me, and then I'll take a, I'll take a, you know, that's my job is to get them ready. So I'll take the blame for anything that doesn't go well. You mentioned the desire to win, and of course, it's hard for fans to believe sometimes, but nobody wants to win more than the players want to win, and then when you do suffer disappointing losses, which I think it's fair to say that uh, after the Toledo and South Florida games, games that we felt like, you know, we had leads going to the fourth quarter and things like that, that uh, there was major disappointment there, but it didn't seem like at any point the disappointment turned into getting disheartened, which sometimes the fans allow themselves to get disheartened, they kind of lose hope, but this team never was able to do that. Why were you able to keep yourselves out of that you know that place of disheartened where the season could could have spiraled down into chaos and now turn it around you know to back with a winning record and the future looks bright because our players believe in each other and they believe in in the cause they believe in in, in why they're here they believe that they're here for a, a purpose and um and and part of that purpose is to play football and to win games but the other part of that is to maximize themselves and, and be the best person that they can possibly be and and also answer in adversity so these guys like i say resilient um they believe in each other and they understand that there's just a moment for them when things are getting tough to, for us to for us to learn and for them to learn a lot about themselves you know and and you think about any time in life when things haven't gone your way and and uh the way you responded to it you know you'd be really proud of how you respond to adversity and you respond to problems and and these guys hang their hat on being able to do that. Now, I like le- learning lessons when you win a lot of games and everything's going smoothly. Everyone does, but I just I'm really proud of the way these guys respond. And and this is the the way they're raised. This is how 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 they come out of their families. And and all I'm doing is allowing them to have the ownership of the program. And part of the ownership means means that they have to share 
uh, their concerns and share their disappointments and, and and for us to have some disagreements and have some arguments and work things out. But the one thing that it takes is hard work. That's the one uh, common denominator in all of it is that we have to work hard. And when you work hard, you have a chance. And that's these guys are all hard workers. I, I thought I've been really pleased with this with this uh, this whole team and 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 the guys and the leadership that I'm seeing from them. And I got to keep giving them more opportunities to lead. You know, and they they wanted to do the fake field goal, so we did it. It didn't work out and. You know, so there it is, you know, but uh, that's uh, that's part of the deal, man. I, I want them to feel like this is their team, and it just wasn't executed well, but I thought I thought it was there, you know. So uh, we'll go back to the drawing board and try, try to figure out ways to, uh, to gain more points and win more games, and that's – but I can't do it by myself, and I can't do it by delegating it to the coaches. I We all have to do it together and collaborate with our coaches and get feedback from our players and our coaches, and uh, that's that's what Lavelle did when he was a coach, and I'm looking forward to having that established here. You shared the press conference table with Micah Simon, and it seems like very few guys could represent leadership on this team more than Micah does, and he goes out and has another great night tonight for you guys. Oh, I love that guy. I mean, I, I love all the guys on our team, but um, I have a really close relationship with Micah. And, uh, some of the things that he's he's been able to do um, off off the field, you know, by uh, caring for others and, and taking care of our True Blue heroes and being involved in charity and service work and and a lot of our our young men on our team have been doing that, and uh, I think he he believes that he's here for uh, for a, a, a huge purpose and here for a reason. And um, the wonderful thing is that you know he he started to get emotional there just his last game at, in in the stadium next week, and uh, it flew by, you know. And and so I I hope he gets what he wants in this last game. And I think he said it himself. He doesn't really care about making the plays. He just wants to win and wants to do it for the team. And that's. When you have one of your leaders and, and one of your guys that, that, that are spokesperson for the team with that type of attitude, I think a level um, touchdown was because of Micah's block, you know, and um, we felt really comfortable with him making that block and we feel comfortable with him making plays on the field and it's not always carrying the ball or, or getting the throws, but that guy will do all the little things, so so talented in some way, so um, a level he fall. Those guys work decimal. Those guys work really hard and all the guys on the team that do. So I, I'm just really glad that we got the win, that these guys can enjoy it. and We're going to find a way to get better and, and improve on next week and, and be ready for Idaho State for the seniors. As we head to break, a uh, note about Micah. He ran the ball once for a couple of yards. He threw the ball once for a 44-yard touchdown, and he caught the ball seven times for 91 yards and a touchdown. No one had more catches or receiving yards than Micah Simon tonight. He also had the long play of the day at 47 yards. We'll take a break. More with Kalani Sitake next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 31, Liberty 24 is tonight's final score. BYU to 5-4 and four on the year. FCS Idaho State coming in next week. A win will secure bowl eligibility for BYU. That would be uh, another one for Coach Kalani Sitake and his Cougs. Always the objective every year, get to the postseason. be a third time in four years. Kalani, just about that. If you win next week, you know that you've punched a postseason ticket, and that uh, checks off a pretty important box for this program, doesn't it? Yeah, it gives us a uh, number one thing is it gives us 15 more practices um, with our with our guys and some development for our players, and then um, and then it gives us another opportunity to play with our seniors. And so, um, you know, we, we've we've done some good things in bowl games and, that we've gone to, and so looking forward to seeing our guys grow. I thought last year you saw a, a huge improvement, even in Zach 
from uh, from the last game until the bowl game. And so, uh, looking forward to getting there. And and, and you know we got to get the win though. When and um, you know we have to we have to get this thing ready and make our make sure our guys are ready to roll against uh, against Idaho State and and uh, send the seniors out the right way. You know you remember your last game on this field, and I I do. And so looking forward to, to making that work. Knowing what you know right now, could we see Zach Wilson back on the field throwing a football in uniform next week against Idaho State? Yeah, you know, I think I think today he was feeling pretty good too. And, and you know, we saw him warm up a little bit and, and um, you know, get out there a little bit with the, with the team uh, pregame. But uh, I thought we thought it would be smart for us to just hold off a little bit and make sure give him some more time to, to heal up. He, the difference from today compared to Wednesday, for example – uh, was a huge improvement. So if we feel like if we can get that again from this weekend, you know, until Monday, uh, I think that'll really go well for us and and uh, and for his recovery. What can you tell us and fans about Jaron Hall's recovery? Meantime, how's he coming? Yeah, Jaron's still coming along. I mean, it's it's uh it's a little bit slower, but um, same thing. A lot of a lot of things can happen in in a matter of forty eight hours or twenty four hours. So. Uh, it's one of those things where we have to still keep um, keep monitoring and and making sure that we make the right decisions for our guys. Meantime, Baylor's kind of cooking right now. Another good game for him: twenty three of thirty three, two sixty two, three touchdowns and a pick, a passer rating of one sixty point three. So in his two starts, he's gone north of one fifty on the pass efficiency, and as you know, that's a, that's a number that will lead to a lot of wins. Um, just kind of steadily developing game by game, right? Yeah, and I like his presence in the pocket. You know, I think he he he. Um, there's just he he can make some guys miss and he's he's really sneaky and it's slippery you know so I just like the way he handles himself the way he stands in the pocket and he's still he's real tall and is able to deliver the throw and and uh, uh you know I, I thought of looking at, at some of the stuff Liberty did I thought he he answered the call really well it was interesting uh, you now you won back to back home games here for the first time uh, in a long time um, and and in both games, it, it came down to a fourth down play toward the end of the game to seal it. Against Boise State, on your end of the field, scrum works, you move the sticks, you end the game. Today, fourth and two on the other team's side of the field. What was the discussion like about what to do with this one? It ended up, in the, of course, in the fake field goal yeah. uh, call. Uh, you're going to either kick a field goal or do what you did or just go straight offense. Yeah, and those are the options, right? Go offense or kick the field goal or fake it or, or even go scrum. And uh, we, we, we saw what they were going to do on scrum when we went second down. So we kind of knew what we had, uh, what the lineup was. And um, as we looked at it, we thought, okay, it's, it's it was a full two yards. And so, um, you know, we felt really good about it. We've been practicing that fake field goal uh, for a while, especially all, all week for this moment. And, and, and they gave us a look that we wanted. I had to look at the replay, but it seemed like there was a problem with the timing with the snap. And... Might have been a low snap or whatever it, it was. was. Yeah, he had to. He almost had to pin it against his thigh initially. Yeah, and so the timing is supposed to be catch, put it down, and throw. And and we weren't able to do that. And they were able to see, you know, it kind of looked like it was a bobbled snap, even you know mm-hmm. from. So uh, their pressure didn't come very strong, and they were able to peel off on it. And uh, I'm just thankful that Jake was able to catch the ball and have good ball security and and uh, give our defense a chance a chance to win the game. Sione Finau, uh, leading rusher again, 10 carries for 70 yards. Didn't get a ton of work, but, man, seven yards per carry is, is awesome. He did have the one fumble, and, I, and, and I'm not trying to dwell on it, but more give us an insight into how you coach a player through that because most, most very successful players are their own harshest critics, and so mm-hmm. they can tend to get themselves down. As I looked at it, you know, the guy just gave him a shot to his back. He didn't know it was coming, and, and he put his helmet right on his elbow. He seemed to have it tucked and protected, but, um, and, you know, that happened on the third 
third quarter in the red zone, and Lopini seemed to take the majority of the load after that. How do you help? A, how do you help a young player like him who showed so much promise and who has produced so well since he emerged a couple games ago to keep his confidence up? Well, we believe in him. I mean, there, there was a lot of mistakes that were made on the field, and we believe in our guys, and we believe in giving them another chance. But it's it's not where you just um, praise them and give them. There, there's got to be a consequence, also. You know, this uh, we've talked about ball security. Uh, you know, I don't think Bader should have thrown that ball either. You know, that went to on the flea flicker. Yeah, they obviously had it covered, and they're waiting for it. You know, so uh, mistakes that we made, you, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to let Bader not throw the ball anymore. And Siota uh, came in and ran the ball again. But, he did. But they've they've got to protect the football. That's that's the program that you're holding in your arms, and um, and you need to make a, an issue of them. You need to make sure they understand how important it is. And going down with the ball, two hands on it, and through contact. That that's stuff that we preach over and over and over again, not just to to the offense, but defense and, and special teams. We expect everyone to hold on to the ball the right way. Uh, you look at the way um, Isaiah was able to that that you know onside kick that they tried. He was waiting for that. We've practiced that over and over again. So these guys are waiting took for a those shot. moments. Yeah, and I, I mean, he took a shot, but he, this guy, these guys, they, they when they practice it and do it the right way and execute, it works. You know, so uh, we know that uh, not a lot of guys go through their whole career not ever fumbling, but um, doesn't really matter. The lessons need to be taught, and 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 he needs to learn it. And I think he'll be much better for it. And, and luckily, uh, we were able to get this win still, so it didn't cost us. It, it just. It's crazy. We we've been in the plus plus side on on turnover battle before and lost games and and now Liberty's on that part of it, you know. And so I'm glad that we were able to you, you know push through and get this win. But uh, those mistakes that we can control should not not happen. What's the right early week message for your guys when you get together about the week of prep that leads up to a game against an FCS program that will not be expected to come in? And, and and be able to get much traction against you. Well, this is really isn't about them. It's about what we can do and, and as a team and and what we need to get done and and the improvements that we need to make from week one to week uh, this week to this this next week, right? So going from what it was that week nine to week ten, you know, for us and ten to eleven uh, with a bye, 10, maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, whatever it is, right? From I, 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 the game, lost on these buys. Yeah. yeah, but we need to get better. And and um, and regardless of who the opponent is, that I've said that many times before. I've said it when it was. Uh, ranked USC coming in or whatever, right? That that we need to get better ourselves. So uh, that's what we're going to focus on. But also, the the sense of urgency is about the seniors and giving them uh, something that they can remember for a lifetime. You know, and and playing for them. And this is their last time here. It's going to be emotional because this is you already heard it from Michael earlier in the night in the press conference. And so. These seniors, they, they love this place, and they can't believe that it, it went by so fast. The four years go by so quick. And, um, you know, and, and I remember when I was a, a freshman and hearing the seniors say that, I didn't really think about it until I became a senior all of a sudden. And I'm sitting there playing in the game against New Mexico here, my last game here in 2000, and thinking, oh, my gosh, that just went by so quick. And, and, and uh, you know, our guys love our seniors, and so they're, they're going to look forward to, to doing it the right way. And you get the sixth game. So this is one of the things that we need to focus on. There's a lot to play for in this game. Coach, uh, you talked about getting better, and I think, um, first of all, I'll ask you, are, are you a better team than you were? You know, you mentioned ranked SC or whatever. Are you a better team today than you are? I, I believe you are, but ask you that. And do you believe, because this is one of my observations as well, do you believe that the rate of improvement from week to week is getting better as the season's going on? I do, and and I think when you're looking at the the new bodies that are on the field and you're seeing some consistency happen, regardless on who's on the field, right? And and 
when we lost guys like Tyson and lost guys like Zach and lost uh, Tristan Hodge and Kiefer Longson and um, Keanu Saliaponga and I mean there's a lot of guys that we kind of Earl Mariner and things like that that uh, Lorenzo Fautea, so, so guys that are not on the field for us, and then the, the next guy step in and improve and get better, and they and Nice Amahe steps in and, and fills in well for Lorenzo. You know, uh, that's that's a sign that the guys are getting better. But it should be every every college football team should be better now than they were earlier in the year. I think Liberty's a much better team now than they did when they played Syracuse in the first game of the year. And and you're looking at the efficiency. I mean, they 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 have an NFL type co- uh, uh, a receiver and the quarterback that has played so many ball games that. Uh, it was tough to, to, to keep them contained, but we, I thought we did a, a, a good job of that, you know. And uh, do we wish we would have won by more and, and played cleaner in a lot of different places? Of course, but Liberty made some plays. Our guys battled. It was a good game, and we got the win. That that's uh, we can build off of that. Well, Kalani, uh, congratulations again on on getting to five and four, getting one more win closer to bowl eligibility. Um, this was the fourth largest crowd ever to see a Liberty football game. They don't play in front of crowds 50,000-plus or, or uh, very frequently. It's 54-plus tonight for BYU. And you've got one more game with Idaho State. It'll be an afternoon kick, early afternoon. Weather forecast looks okay. Good day to get the fans out here for one last home game. What time is that game at? One thirty next week. Or 1, one o'clock or one thirty next week. Okay. I think it's a... It, it's a so we'll be having the show while the sun's still up then, hopefully. Yes, it's, it's yeah. a one o'clock kick. So 11 a.m. <laughs> pregame, one o'clock kick. So yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, you, you, I just... I'm so excited for the seniors to get you know to just remember what the things that they've done for the last four years and and this year and they've done some really really uh you know but done a lot of good hard work in establishing our culture and this is something that they should be really proud of but there's a way we can get our sixth win uh and 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 ensure that we're going to a bowl game and then also um you know send the seniors out the right way so there's a lot to play for in this game and looking forward to the matchup with idaho state yeah i showed you that women's soccer score earlier yeah. eight to one so I, I, know, I, I know you have a lot of respect for jen rockwood and her program and they finish things out the right way and, and finish the season undefeated and win an outright league title so kudos to them right yeah congratulations to them that was that was awesome and and, and you know coach rockwood does a, a great job and and her, her young women they they play so hard and, and they represent byu the right way and Fans should be really fired up. I, I look forward to seeing what they can do in the postseason, and and ho- hopefully they get the see that they deserve. You know that that's a you said that's the first time they've been undefeated, right? And that, that's that's yeah. something they should be really proud of. And uh, you know we're gonna be, we're gonna be there to support them 100. percent So looking forward to seeing the, those girls go out there and, and win more games. But that score is a blowout. That's a, unbelievable. It is. Well, uh, Kalani, that'll do it for tonight. Thank you again for coming up, and we will talk to you next Saturday. All right, thank you to all the fans. Love you guys. Go Cougs. All right, thank you, Kalani. We'll come back with Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is hashtag BYUCNN on the Twitter. It is Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu on the email. A day that began with the men's basketball program suffering a heartbreaking loss to San Diego State on the hardwoods. Got better as the day went along. 
the Cougar football team victorious tonight, 31-24 over Liberty. And as mentioned over at Southfield tonight, uh, the fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer team just obliterating LMU 8-1 to the final to lock down an 8-0-1 outright conference championship and an 18-0-1 regular season. Selection Monday will tell us where the Cougars are going in the postseason. But as for the Cougar football team, 5-4 and four on the year. Three straight wins, back-to-back home wins, bowl eligibility one game away. BYU's never lost to an FCS. BYU 14-0 all-time against the FCS teams. And the average score in those games is usually like, uh, I think it's like mid-high 40s to about 6 or 7. So um, we know what to expect next week. So we could expect bowl eligibility for a third time in Kalani Sitake's four seasons. And from where BYU was, guys, and I say guys, Riley Nelson to my left, Mitchell Juergens to my right, where BYU was after what went down in Tampa, to be where you are, knowing that bowl eligibility will be secured with two games to spare, Cook's done a nice job turning things around. Things could have gotten pretty uh, pretty sideways after South Florida. Mitch, agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, it's pretty impressive that, uh, you know, I go back to before that Boise State game when, you know, BYU sitting two and four and and there were and there there were nerves about the season. There was, you know, question whether they were going to get bowl eligible. Um, and, and it all came down to the way they were playing. They didn't look dynamic as an offense. They didn't look, um, you know, they didn't they had so many issues with stopping the run, um, you know, early on in the season. And so it, it was, it was more just concern, not necessarily their record at two and four, but it was more just the way they were playing. Um, but after that Boise state game, I remember us sitting here in this box talking about, Hey, if they play the way that they did today, they can run the table. And, and they've proven that with these, you know, three wins in a row and obviously a very favorable um, schedule for the rest of the season, proving that, this can be the case and most likely will be. Um, and so just just very impressed with the way that they've transformed from an offensive perspective, a defensive perspective. Um, and, you know, this team looks like a new team and learned the, the, the things that they needed to learn early on in the season to get them to where they are today, and it's been fun to watch. Riley? I'm just glad the boys have my back. When we were in preseason – I will, you know, you do the circuit as I'm sure you guys did on all the local radio shows, all the all the call-in shows that we listen to on the drive drive into work or drive out of work, and people were asking me what I thought for this team, and everybody was saying like everybody was uh, six and six. If they miss a bowl game, like people won't be in. Da da. I'm like I I saw a path to eight wins, and now that path is very clear. So not that it's about me and my preseason predictions, <laughs> but but uh, I'm that that's what this is. It's not just ball might, eligibility you, you, for me you, anymore. You might get nine wins. You play your cards right. Exactly right. It's not just about ball eligibility for me anymore. It's about getting this team. The last nine win team here at BYU at, that faced a, a similar schedule, though. And who knows? I like to wait till the end of the season and discuss schedule strength mm-hmm. of schedule rather than as it goes along. But it had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, and so which senior laden also Bronson Kafusi, right? Three NFL dudes. And uh, that that was the last team to win nine nine games. Kalani's first year. Kalani's first year here. To have this team do that, where the core is, I mean, I don't know if we have, I don't know how many bona fide NFL dudes we have, um, but not many. Well, at least at this point, at least that are seniors or guys that are going to go into the NFL in the next year. And the core of this team is made up of freshmen, sophomores, and redshirt freshmen. And so to be able to pull off nine wins, especially coming into the season when people thought you'd be lucky to get six, I think is a tremendous accomplishment and one that you know deserves some praise for these for these guys the way they've battled. 
Okay, to the Twitter now, and uh, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN. That's for Cougar Nation now. Uh, Chad Warren tweets in, he says, I noticed that the nothing-to-play-for quote-unquote narrative made another appearance during post-game press conference. Does anyone really believe any of these players or coaches think there's nothing to play for without a conference? Because this feels really tired. And uh, you could tell Kalani was like, okay, if you got a conference for me, Big time, let me know. Otherwise, this is what it is, and this is how we're taking advantage of it to the best of our ability. Uh, I, I, I guess it's not uh, worth really discussing much that's not a real thing, right? You, what's real is independence. What's real is bowl eligibility, the things you can actually shoot for on, on a year-to-year basis. Yes, you want to be ranked. Yes, you'd love to be in the uh, G5 or the NY6, uh, beg your pardon, playoff discussion by the end of the year. Until that happens, all you can do is win the next game, get closer to six, and then closer to seven, eight, and nine, and finish off at the very possi- you know, highest possible place you can. It, it does feel a little bit like like they're beating a drum that that doesn't have uh, a cover on it. Who was it that was sent that sent in that tweet? They're about to get me on a rant here, I, because not only is it tired, because the last opportunity was when the Big Twelve was considering expansion, and, and they ended up not doing it because the the money didn't work out on their TV contract. But there's nothing nothing is going to happen in college football until the next TV opportunity is up, which is going to be twenty three twenty four. So like in the meantime, so you're right. The, the not to uh, our our comrades in print that are asking those questions and that ask that question in the post game press conference, not to kind of go off on them a little bit, but but it is tired. And you sit here and you listen you talked about it greg micah simon and then to hear kalani back what he's meant to the program and then all the stuff he's doing off the field with true blue heroes and the, the type of person there are so many storylines out there to be had than just conference alignment when it does get time that the tv contracts are expiring and conferences are looking how they can best position themselves for bigger you know bigger pies and how to slice up those pies of tv money then yeah those questions are relevant but after after tonight, the you you listen to those players talk about how much the opportunity to compete, wear the Y on their helmet, how much that means to them, and when you actually would take some effort to dig into these kids' lives, you'd find that there would be an abundance of storylines to be able to fill the pages of, of the columns that these guys have to rather than the same old, you know, BYU's frustrated in independence or whatever they want to push. Email coming in. Uh, headline question for Mitch. This is from Bryant Walker to Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Uh, Bryant says, not quite the team we've seen the last two weeks, but overall thought they did a good job and they won, which is the important thing. Question for Mitch. Austin Lee and Coach mentioned the good sportsmanship from Liberty during and before the game. I think that's great. Curious what acts of sportsmanship you might have observed from your perspective. Yeah, and and you can you can always tell um, when, when you're on the field level just um, the respect that a team has between uh, between you know two teams can have between each other. And and, and what was really cool about this is I remember a number of um, of special teams plays, specifically kickoffs, when players are you know. Kickoff seems to be usually where you know guys guys tend to kind of ramp up for the big hit, ramp up for um, you know burying guys into the ground and, and and enjoying it because it may only be um, they, they may only be on a kickoff team and and so their their chances to play are, are limited as far as getting on the field and every single kickoff that I saw as whenever another player was was and you know 
taken to the ground. It's been kind of Kalani's motto to help players up, and so we see that pretty frequently from BYU players if they help an opponent up off the ground. Um, but there were many Liberty players that were doing that throughout the entire game, and I thought, I mean, hats off to both teams. I could, you know, sniff out in the first quarter that this is a respectful team, and and I heard a couple things, you know, pregame that it was just a, a grateful experience of this Liberty team. They, that they felt to just be here in Provo and play this, um, play a school that had very similar beliefs. And so coming into the game, I was kind of aware of that. And then to see it on the field, um, just the, the the respect. And every time there was a good hit, some you know, and and let's say I was on the receiving end, I got hit to the ground. In this game, what we would have seen is a player that you know got up and say I was hit. You know, I, I went to the ground. I would tell the the person who hit me. Um, maybe embarrassed me at one point, say, hey, that was a great hit, you know, way to go. And we saw so much of that throughout the entire game. And um, just hats off to Liberty. We heard it time and time again, just the respect that they had for BYU and, and the the appreciation they had to just come here and play this football game. You did their pregame show in their booth, mm-hmm. right? What kind of vibe did you get from them about their visit here and what they felt about this, this little two-game series? Yeah, first off, um, it, it's pretty impressive to hear everyone's perspective when they get to sit here in the box and, you know, it wasn't dark yet, and so you can see the mountains. It's it's hands down the most beautiful um, atmosphere when it comes to college football. And, and they repeatedly talked about just this is, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable coming here. And, um, you know, in their perspective as well, we even talked about it a little bit on air. They mentioned looking at how big the stadium is, the players to give them chances to play in front of 60-plus. You know, I know tonight it was about 54,000 people. They don't get to do that often, and so just being in this kind of atmosphere is um, is such a they, – they have this grateful and humble mindset thinking, man, we don't get many opportunities like this. Let's take advantage of it. Um, and so, yeah, from pregame to postgame, uh, you could definitely see how appreciative they were of this experience. And the teams at the end all gathered for a, a large group prayer at midfield when this game ended, and Kalani – uh, told us a little bit off the air just how impressed he was by the feedback he was getting from Liberty's coaching staff about the way the game was played and how everyone kind of felt it was an honor to do it. So good stuff. We'll take a break. We'll continue with uh, BYU Creamery and BYU Dining Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. You can reach us to uh, spark conversation, hashtag BYUCNN, or email us at Cougar, uh, rather Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation now, one long word, at BYU.edu. Back with more after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU Creamery, BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now continues. Hashtag BYUCNN on the Twitter. Uh, to the tweets and a couple of things. Uh, one coming in from at East Coast Coug. On the flip side of the independence coin, he writes, I only became an invested fan since I've had the opportunity to see virtually every game on national TV. And, of course, I've learned to listen to the BYU radio simulcast. So someone who actually likes the positive nature of independence, I get that. Uh, this question here, a uh, great question because I'm curious too, from at Chaplin Schumann. Yes, it's Cougar Chaps checking in. Question for Riley Nelson. He writes, what do you think of your first nine games as the color commentator for BYU football? 
has been an absolute pleasure to work with you group of professionals. You've made um, my job extremely easy, and um, it's been, I, I feel like it's been great to experience the sp- full spectrum of emotions, right? How pumped we all were at Tennessee. Well, first of all, come out the gate stumbling against Utah, and man, things look bleak there. And then the next week's Tennessee, and wow, we won just we won in front of ninety plus ninety thousand plus in Knoxville, and then the knockoff Tennessee at home, and all these things. But USC, yeah, or sorry, yeah, knockoff USC at home, and then knockoff Boise, and take handle Utah State the way they handled Utah State. So it's been an absolute pleasure. I, uh, you guys haven't let me go yet. You've asked me to come back every week, or at least I've showed up every week, and you haven't told me to go away. And so uh, I'm, I plan on keep doing that as long as I can. Well, it's been a blast to be with you. I mean, and you still get moral support from guys like Mark Lyons, who visits the booth occasionally, like he did today. Always comes in, tells us it's a great day for football, and <laughs> you know the quintessential uh, Greg, my boy, and Riley, my boy, and you no, know, it it has been great. It it is kind of a brotherhood, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, at Bulkley, his name is Luke on Twitter. What is the bowl situation? He writes Hawaii Bowl for sure. Opponents, question mark, Hawaii or different team possible. And right now the Hawaii Bowl is going to at least it's contracted to put together some combination of an American Conference team, BYU, or a Mountain West Conference team. Some combination thereof. However, ESPN and the teams and the bowl decide to figure things out. Now, BYU's deal is with the Hawaii Bowl, and it was essentially set up to be if BYU's not playing in a New Year's Six, that they'd play in the Hawaii Bowl. Now, that's the arrangement, but as we've seen even as recently as last year with the Potato Bowl, where BYU wasn't really contracted for any given bowl, there's a lot of maneuvering. And even deals that appear set get adjusted with the agreement of the bowls and ESPN. And so, yes, once they get their sixth win, they should be targeted for the Hawaii Bowl. That is the belief. But until until the announcement's official, BYU says it, and the Bowl says it, and ESPN says it. We just don't. We can't say that it, that they're locked and loaded for the Hawaii Bowl. That is the presumption because the contract exists, but contracts get maneuvered year to year. That's at least uh, Greg. Not, not to belabor that isn't part of it. I I heard confirm with me, and maybe this is something better done off air. But essentially, to ask Hawaii, who is one win away from being bowl eligible, and I don't know what they're doing today, but to ask them to travel to the mainland essentially for any you know for, unless it's the Vegas Bowl. They're essentially upside down um, right. uh, on the money that they receive. So the MCA kind of throws them a bone. And if there's an American team that they really want there uh, against Hawaii, that might, you know, cause some finagling where BYU ends up somewhere else. Or it could, could be that, be that the, the Americans the finagler and they say, no, we'd love a BYU game in the Hawaii Bowl. And in yeah. which case, then, then the Americans make an adjustment. So, um, you know, I guess I'd, I'd put it at a high percentage. BYU's playing in, in Honolulu on Christmas Eve. But as we saw last year, a lot of th- I mean, even the Mountain West can. I mean, BYU was involved with the uh, the Potato Bowl, and there was a Mountain West component there where Wyoming thought that BYU took their spot, and, and the there was a lot of stuff that went on that continues to go on year to year. So um, I guess we kind of have to stand down a little bit, and not we're not able to confirm with 100% surety where BYU play. The only thing we do know is by defeating Idaho State, as they most certainly should, uh, they will be bowl eligible as soon as next week. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back. And then I'll give you a trivia question that uh, will win somebody two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream as we continue on BYU Dining and BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens up in the broadcast booth. BYU 31, Liberty 24. Tonight's final score, the Flames fall to 6-4. and four. They'll have a bye week. They'll have Virginia. Then they'll have New Mexico State. And they need to get one win in their final two games to become bowl eligible. This is their first, or rather second season of, I think, full um, postseason um, I don't want to say eligibility, but uh, as, a, as, as a full-fledged postseason candidate, let's say, uh, as they have gone into FBS just recently. And BYU needs just uh, one win as well, and that should come against Idaho State. Again, BYU 14-0 all-time against FCS programs. All right, time now for a little, uh, little Cougar Nation inside scoop trivia. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. All right, so I give you the question, the correct answer. The first correct answer in wins two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, and you can send it in either on Twitter with the hashtag BYUCNN or via email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow is one long word, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. All right, tonight we saw Liberty quarterback Buckshot Calvert set the Liberty career record for completions, school record for completions. We also saw on the same night Antonio Gandy-Golden set the Liberty career record for career receptions. So who are BYU's career leaders in completions and receptions? So give me both names. Who are BYU's career leaders in completions for a quarterback and receptions for Someone who catches the ball. So looking for BYU's career completions and receptions leaders. The first answer in correctly on either hashtag BYUCNN or on the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu will receive two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And the first guest in is incorrect. I can tell you that. We are seeing guesses come in, and the first one that's been emailed is not correct. So we continue, we wait, we watch, and we wonder. And I will say that the um, the one half that I thought might be a little slower to get was gotten first. And the one half that uh, I thought might have been the easier was not. Anyway, oh, look at this. It's it. It's it. It's it. We got it. And, um, ooh, and it's close, too. And it is Chaplain Schumann who retweets in and gets it just under the wire. And he says, Ty Detmer and Cody Hoffman. That is correct. Ty Detmer with 958 passing completions. And then Cody Hoffman with 260 receptions. And many of those came from you, Riley. Yeah. I always like to play with Cody Hoffman. Boy, catch radius and strong hands was about um, was the way to describe him. And, yeah, you know, I talked about a couple of times where Calvert was – it was third down or a big play and he wasn't looking anywhere else. I'll confess to doing that. It's, <laughs> I don't advise that as a quarterback. You always want to know your read and take what the defense gives you. But sometimes you feel it in your bones and you know your guy out there is going to make a play for you. And multiple times Cody Hoffman did that for me. So a tremendous player still here and around in Utah. So if you see him, a guy that looks like Cody, he's rocking a beard now. <laughs> um, but if you see him walking around with a two-year-old – by the way, a two-year-old who's like two weeks older – and I'm not the biggest guy, right? Cody's and Cody's wife is. Uh, she was a volleyball player, sorry, a basketball player down at SUU, so she's tall too. But his two-year-old looks like a four-year-old. So if you see a dude running around with a beard and a two-year-old that looks like a four-year-old, maybe in the, in the Bluffdale Riverton area, say hi to Cody Hoffman. That's that's, that's my guy, and uh, still around and still keep in touch with him. Well, many many correct answers now flooding in, but just a little bit after uh, Chaplin Schumann, who does 
correctly respond that Ty Detmer and Cody Hoffman are those record setters uh, we were looking for. And he says, by on top of that, to Riley Nelson, for the record, you're killing it in the booth and are a great fit. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I also second that, so thank you. All right, uh, congrats to Chaplain Schumann. We'll get that ice cream out to you, and that'll wrap it up for our broadcast day. Our day that began... At uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon with some basketball pregame ahead of uh, BYU and San Diego State on the hardwoods. And, man, I still haven't recovered from that game. But tonight's game helped a little bit. And the soccer game helped the, you, yeah, I think. Yeah, helped the heart a little bit. But that was a tough one this afternoon. So. A little bit worried about you, Greg, when they came in here and marched down the field and scored the seven points. <laughs> uh, you know, coming over from the Marriott Center, a little deflated. Yeah, but Give me something, the, right? The football team took care of you. They did. They really did. All right, our appreciation to the crew back at BYU Radio. Our broadcast intern there was James Havel. Our studio hosts there and here today were Jason Shepard and Ben Bagley. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Tanner Rall is our control board operator. Our engineers today, Michael Wimmer and Barry Squires and Sean Fay, all around and about getting it done on both sports and all three sports, meaning when you include soccer as well this evening. And uh, to, let's see, we got the interns here at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium today. We had intern Nate Slack and intern Jeffrey Carroll, and they were helping out along with uh, everyone else I just mentioned. We appreciate McKay Perry, our spotter, and Ralph Sokolowski, our stats man. And I guess that just leaves uh, the on-air guys. So for the man to my left, Riley Nelson, and the man to my right, Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score tonight, BYU 31, Liberty 24. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night so long from Provo, Utah. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.